You're listening to the micro version of the Savage Lovecast, www.savagelovecast.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hey everybody, this is the part of the show where I usually rant and rave about something that either annoys or delights me. But I had to record this week's intro in advance because I am away this week and I wasn't able to get into a studio to treat you to some topical two minutes off the top of my head explosion about whatever the Republican Party or Rick Santorum or Mike Huckabee or the Republicans in Colorado or the religious conservatives in Florida, whatever bullshit they pulled this week, I wasn't able to uh, record my reaction to as a treat for you guys at the top of the show. So we're just going to toss in a couple of extra calls to fill up the time. And I'm going to bow out now and wish you guys a great week. I'm having a great week off with some friends uh, and I hope you're having a great week too. And I hope you enjoy this week's Savage Lovecast. The Savage Lovecast is sponsored by Smart Mouth Activated Mouthwash. Smart Mouth blocks bad breath for 12 hours. Get Smart Mouth at your local drugstore and keep your breath fresh. This episode of The Lovecast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and your own printer. For a special offer, which includes a digital scale and up to 55 bucks worth of free postage, go to Stamps.com and enter SAVAGE. Hi, Dan. This is a 26-year-old, heteroflexible, fit female calling from the biggest city in America. And until yesterday, I was in a poly relationship. We were each other's primary partners, and he just blindsided me with the breakup. I've been casually dating while he had two regular partners besides me and a slew of other women lined up. I'm pretty much devastated. In the beginning of the month, I moved in with one of his partners, who I adore, and everything seemed to be going well. He was talking to me about what we'll do over the summer and had even suggested a trip to Europe come the fall if we, if we could swing it financially. Everyone I talked to is absolutely shocked, no one more so than me. I guess I'm calling because I know I can do poly, but I feel like I might have been taken advantage of. Within the past two months, my ex has become very popular on a certain social media site, and women are throwing themselves at him. Since we live in such a large city, and a city many people across the world visit, meeting these women is a reality. He gets a lot of adoring attention from his followers, and it bothered me a bit, but I never wanted to police him. I had expressed my displeasure with the site, but told him I supported him because it was something that he liked doing. Last week, he bragged that he had five different names in his calendar that week, and although it made me a little squeamish, I accepted it in him. Over the past few hours of reflection, I don't feel like this was a real poly relationship. It just seems like a free-for-all now, and I got used and left behind. I guess I'm just looking for someone to help process these feelings and or your opinion. Is this a safe and sane type of relationship? I think I'd be willing to do poly again, but with stricter rules and a stronger voice. You don't mention the other men in your life if you're in some sort of polyopen relationship with this guy or any of the other women who are in relationship with this guy having men in their lives. So this looks less like poly and more like dude has a harem or dude is a player, dude is fucking everything that moves or dude is Brigham Young. One of those things. But to me, it doesn't sort of read poly. Just he fucks whoever he wants and he's sort of flying under poly collars, that these are not just 
casual relationships. It's not just casual sex. It's a relationship. It's a poly relationship. Calling it a relationship but putting you know the poly prefix at the front may be tricking women who might otherwise not want to have sex with him because they wouldn't want to have sex outside a relationship into having sex with him. It just looks like a cad abusing the poly model label, whatever. Because a poly relationship, as I understand it, is a relationship with certain commitments and limitations and mutual obligations, emotional obligations, sexual obligations, that people do place limits on each other in a relationship. There are things that you agree to joyfully, hopefully, happily, limitations that you accept to, to, to be with this person. You, you make a commitment and it does place certain, again, limitations on you because – because, because it does, because that person has a claim on some of your emotional bandwidth as Diana Adams, the poly activist and lawyer who's been on, been on the show a bunch, on the show just a few weeks ago, that people have a limited amount of bandwidth. And if you exceed that sort of relationship bandwidth, then they're not really relationships anymore. And it sounds like this guy's biggest city in the world bandwidth is so packed full of pussy that he doesn't have a relationship with any one of you. But he's conning you into thinking you have some sort of relationship with him. Probably so that you don't go out and fuck other people yourself. Doesn't sound like you really were. I assume that if there were other guys in your life, you might have mentioned them. But you didn't. Just this guy. So you wanted help processing it. There's your help processing it. I would say this wasn't a poly relationship at all. Not deserving of either the poly prefix or the relationship word itself. You were being leveraged and used and conned into feeling a little bit better about it because it had a big R on it. Big R stamped on whatever the fuck this was. It wasn't a relationship. It's casual sex. You were being used. Sounds like a lot of women are being used by this guy. Hey, Dan. Straight college female here. I have a question about a guy I might like who is possibly gay. I'm not sure. This guy and I have been friends for a little while, but, well, we've been acquaintances for a little while, not really friends until recently, and even now we really only hang out in groups and not alone, but we get along really well, and he's just fun to be around. I always kind of thought he was gay. I didn't ever get a huge gay vibe from him, but I got a little bit, um, although it could be my imagination, and I also have a friend who told me he was gay. Although, looking back on it, this friend also is incorrect about this kind of thing a lot of the time. This guy has never had a girlfriend that I know of, but he's also never had a boyfriend. Anyway, I didn't pick up any attraction between us until when at a formal I came, I noticed he was looking at me a lot. Like, pretty much every time I looked over at him, I caught him kind of scared at me, not creepily or anything, but looking at me, like, pretty directly. Um, he, I noticed that like, he kept finding excuses to touch me, not like creepily, just putting a hand on the shoulder or hand on the back or things like that. And um, it's been a bit like that ever since I keep catching him looking at me and keeps doing that, but nothing more really. I feel like if that's how he does feel, I could be interested back. But if he's also um, maybe is gay and I'm not getting and it's totally... I'm misinterpreting, or even if he's straight and I'm misinterpreting, that's fine with me too. 
However, I would like to find out if he's gay or not, but I feel like I can't, I can't ask him that. I don't know him well enough. And if I ask my friends, it'll get back around to him and they'll know I'm asking and that could get awkward. And even I, I don't know how he would take that. You're never going to get into his pants if word never reaches him that you're interested in getting into his pants. So this awkwardness you fear if you begin to ask around, if you ask your mutual friends, is something that you should be rushing toward. It's awkwardness that you have to embrace because – potentially embrace because if he's into it, then it's not going to be awkward. You know, even if he is into it, it's still going to be a little awkward because even when people say yes when you ask them out or you hit on them, there's always a little residual – Awkwardness. It just kind of built in. So if you're letting fear of awkwardness shut you down, you're never, ever going to get laid ever. So what you need to do, scaredy cat, so what you have to do is you go up to him and you say, I would like to go out with you. And there's awkwardness built into that. Or you ask his friends to find out what's up with him and he may hear about his awkwardness and that. And then you stare it down. If he says yes, Yahtzee, you get to fuck him. And then there'll be the awkwardness of fucking that you can look forward to and that shouldn't inhibit you. And if he says no, then you all you do, you go to him and you say, if he brings it up, if you ask through friends and you get shut down and he never brings it up, just you don't have to address it. But if you if it comes up, if you ask him out and he shoots you down, or if he comes up to you and says, Oh, I'm sorry that you know I must have been sending out mixed signals, all you say is, Oh yeah, this is gonna be awkward for a few minutes, but we're both adults and we like each other, and so let's just power through it. And then you will, and it'll be fine. But you will never get in his pants. Or anyone else's, if you let fear of an awkward moment or two inhibit you in this way. Awkwardness, embrace it, rush toward it, talk about it, power through it. Hi, Dan. My name is Dan as well. I'm in Austin, Texas. I had a quick question for you. I recently ended a relationship with a girl I had been with for about a year. Uh, the circumstances of the end were she says uh, her feelings for me have changed largely in part due to the fact that we have not had sex in well over a month. The reason that uh, we haven't uh, had sex is because back in January, she slept with her ex-husband, uh, something with which I was able to forgive. And then in March, she was caught uh, sexting several other guys from her past as well. And after that, I had told her, I'm willing to continue trying to work on our relationship, but I think we need to go see it a therapist together, something with which she was completely resistant towards. And every time since then where she has tried to initiate sex, I've told her that I, right now, I'm having a very hard time getting past what's happened. I think that we need professional help and to go talk to somebody. But again, the cycle would just go in circles and nothing would ever get resolved. And two days ago, uh, she ended it. I'm really just looking for feedback not necessarily looking for a, a be-all, end-all, who's right, who's wrong, but I'm just mainly curious, was I in the wrong in any way? I'm surprised that you would ask her to go see a couples counselor in the wake of fucking her ex-husband and sexting with her other exes. Not because I'm opposed to couples counseling, I sometimes recommend it, but to want to invest that kind of time and effort in a relationship with someone who one year in is cheating on you with her exes, uh, probably multiples, not just her ex-husband, probably some of the other exes that she was sexting, seems like throwing good time after bad seems like a waste. Like she has outed herself through her behavior as a, a, a liar and, a, and someone 
not trustworthy. And, and okay, and then you were willing to work on the relationship and she was clearly not. And the only mistake that I would say you made was hanging in there long enough to give her the satisfaction of dumping you. You should have left. And you should have dumped her. Now, of course, I have said and I will continue to say that sometimes cheating happens and we should be able to forgive and move past it. And you know, if you're with somebody for many, many, many years and they commit adultery – Infidelity, if they cheat on you once or twice, they were pretty good at being monogamous and honoring the monogamous commitment that they had made to you, not bad at it. But this is a year in, less than a year in, and she's fucking her ex-husband and she's sexing with other guys and she's not particularly receptive to your touchy-feely, hand-wringy request about how do you want to work on this to salvage the relationship. Yeah, you needed to dump her. She did you a favor. She did what you should have done by ending this. And for that, you should be grateful. Hi, Dan. I am a 29-year-old female, and I'm really hoping that you can give me some advice on a sort of tough subject. My best friend and I both drive for one of the major ride-sharing companies, Sync App-Based Taxi Service, whose name I won't say for fear of a lawsuit. Anyway, about a week ago, she was sexually harassed and assaulted by a group of two men who she picked up. After enduring the events for nearly a whole 10-minute ride, she kicked them out and filed a complaint with the company. They have since told her that they'll do whatever she needs. They've banned the one rider, the one who requested the ride, and that's that. My dilemma is this. She doesn't want press charges against this guy. I asked her why. She said that she's afraid of what might happen. This fear stems from a lot of things, the words that they use against her and his actions, but mainly because she looked the one guy up on social media and he has a concealed carry license. She's afraid he will kill her. She has also done research about sexual harassment on the job and found that it's much harder to press charges being that we are considered independent contractors. I begged her to contact the police because he will do it again. He may not be allowed to request a ride himself anymore, but he can still ride along if his friend requests. He obviously has no qualms doing it in front of his friend. In fact, his friend participated. I'm afraid that this asshole will request a ride and end up in my car one night. My friend is an amazingly strong and intelligent person, so this decision baffles me and frankly, it pisses me off. She's allowing these guys to repeat their actions. She's letting them win. How can I convince her to report them to the police? I told her several times how I feel and that I'm here for her for whatever she needs. I understand and empathize with her fears, but morally, I can't let her not say or do something. The first thing I want to say is I fucking hate guns. And if it was within my power to repeal the Second Amendment, I would in a heartbeat. Um, that your friend in trying to sift through what she should do uh, – about having been sexually assaulted by these men has to factor in that one of them has a concealed weapons permit and that makes her that much more afraid of him is just tragic and terrifying. That said, if he didn't have a concealed weapon permit, he could still have a gun. Uh, and even if he didn't have a gun and he didn't have a concealed weapons permit, he could get his hands on a gun in about 11 seconds because this is America where everyone – should be presumed to have a gun or have easy access to a gun because everyone pretty much does because we swim in a sea of guns and gun nuts, drive the politics uh, in this country, drive the politicians and terrorize the politicians. 
Anyway, you can't force your friend to press charges. You can't make her do that. You should love your friend. You should support your friend. You should talk to your friend. You should tell her how you feel. You can importune her, but this is ultimately her decision to make. There is sometimes a long gap between uh, a rape or a sexual assault and someone going to the police and filing charges because they were so traumatized and terrorized by that experience and they're wary of compounding their trauma by going to police who may not be sympathetic or may not believe them or you know the prospect of having to face their rapist in court and the prospect of their rapist not being convicted potentially or getting off or only getting a short sentence or a slap on the wrist and then knowing that this guy who's already proven himself to be a violent nut is rattling around out there hating your guts so many layers so many potential disincentives to report which is why so many women who've been sexually assaulted don't report but a lot of women who've been sexually assaulted who didn't initially report eventually do report sometimes for the reasons you cite solidarity and you can appeal to your friend on that level but you have to do it in a non-angry way you have to be loving and supportive and tell her you'll have her back regardless of the decision that she ultimately makes while making the case for filing a police report and pressing charges and getting this guy off the streets and i would encourage you as a driver for this app based ride service that shall not be named to get some cameras in your cars if possible and it is possible they have cameras in your cars that you push a button and they record your interactions with whatever, whoever, whatever passengers are in your seat while they're in your seat. And you have digital video, which would be gold if, God forbid, this guy or his asshole friend tried this again with you or some other female driver working for the service. You would have the goods and the drop on him and it wouldn't be a horrifying, he said, she said, re-traumatizing bullshit experience for the victim in that case, but a case closed. Here's the fucking videotape. Lock the motherfucker up. So arm yourselves, not with guns. Arm yourselves with video. We want to thank our sponsor, Smart Mouth Mouthwash. Smart Mouth chose our show to advertise on because they know that we are committed to getting our listeners laid and getting laid usually starts with a ton of kissing, and you don't want bad breath. Fortunately, Smart Mouth Mouthwash blocks bad breath for a full 12 hours, so you're ready to go whenever. And Smart Mouth can even prevent morning breath when you rinse at night, just in case you're waking up next to someone. Most other mouthwashes only last an hour or so, but Smart Mouth can go all day and all night. Just mix two solutions before rinsing twice a day to activate powerful bad breath blockers. That's the secret to the longest-lasting fresh breath out there. Don't get breath blocked. Get Smart Mouth and get fresh with 12 hours of fresh, clean breath. Find Smart Mouth activated mouthwash in the shiny green bottles at CVS Pharmacy or anywhere you shop or at smartmouth.com. Hi, Dan. Uh, my question or I guess comment is just about a recent breakup I had. Um, I was dating a trans man, um, which I didn't have any issues with or anything like that. And we broke up, and it was more of me being 24 and him being 19 and still, like, just going through different things in life. But when we broke up, there was a ton of conflict afterwards and him calling me a tranny chaser and just using extremely hurtful and derogatory things. And I just took it as, like, 
that's how he feels about himself. Um, but I'm still really shooken up about the whole breakup, and it makes me feel like I did something wrong, that I shouldn't have broken up with him in the way that I did. I Now I have a lot of mixed feelings about just, like, dating a trans person, I guess, again, or I don't know. Well, if you're going to rule out a whole group of people because one person from that group said something shitty and hateful and hurtful and untrue when the relationship ended, eventually you won't be able to date any cisgendered people either because presumably you have dated at 24 somebody cis, somebody who's comfortable with the gender to which they were assigned at birth and it ended and they said shitty things to you and it didn't occur to you then to pivot to I will never date another cisgendered person ever again. So let's not pivot from this particular trans guy said shitty things to you and made accusations as the relationship was ending. Let's not pivot from that to, I will never date trans guys ever again or trans anybody else ever again. This trans guy sounds insecure and sounds douchey, but it's just this guy, this one douchey, insecure trans guy. And let's not convince ourselves, you caller, don't convince yourself that all trans guys are the way this trans guy is. And hopefully won't be forever. He's only 19, probably just on testosterone, probably slamming his brain. Hormones are powerful things. There's a lot you can read out there written by trans people about when they first started hormones and how – and the mood swings and the personality changes and all that comes with the transition. If he's in the throes of transition, he may be saying and doing shitty things. And is it that bad to be a tranny chaser? It's bad to objectify people for their transness, to only be interested in that aspect of them. But I don't think it's a bad thing to be attracted to trans people or to be attracted to trans itself. So long as you're able to appreciate everything that person brings to the table, you can click into them in all dimensions, not just that particular thing. Yeah, it sucks to be accused of bigotry. You and I could start a support group, particularly this kind of bigotry but is not true. Consider the source volatile, teenager, crazy, and don't hold his actions against everyone who, like him, is trans. I'm talking to small business owners now. I know it's tough deciding where to focus your resources to grow your business, but for sure you don't need to waste valuable time going to the post office for mailing and shipping. Just use stamps.com to access all the services of the post office right from your desk 24-7. With Stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and your own printer. Get postage for any letter or package, any class of mail, all for just a fraction of the cost of an expensive postage meter. With Stamps.com, you'll never have to go to the post office again, so you can spend your time where it matters most, focused on your business. Right now, use my name, Savage, for this special offer. A no-risk trial plus $110 bonus offer includes a digital scale and up to 55 bucks worth of free postage. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Savage. That's stamps.com. Enter Savage. Oh, Dan, I have some family drama and I don't know how to sort it out. So I am a mid-20s male from the Midwest and my boyfriend and I got married uh, almost a year ago. Um, but we decided to be like, fuck it. And we got reeloped instead uh, and didn't tell anybody about it until after the fact. And we had 
uh, thought about this for a while, and we both mutually decided that this is what we wanted to do. And his family, um, they were a little surprised at first, and they're fine with it. My family, however, has not had such a kind reaction. My mother completely lost her shit uh, when she found out that I got married and didn't invite her to the wedding that I never had. And she's been guilt tripping me about this for months, basically saying that I don't love her and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, this eventually escalated to, we had a bit of an argument uh, over texting um, around Christmas time because I ended up having to work over Christmas and she decided that that was just another um, attempt at me and my husband to avoid being part of the family. And my husband caught wind of this and um, they had a huge screaming fit over the phone, which is never fun when two people that you love very much suddenly hate each other. What I'm calling about is my mother is getting married uh, this coming June and I got the wedding invitation and my name is the only name on the invitation. And I know that it's not just, you know, one name per invitation because I saw pictures of my sister's invitation and her boyfriend of a year is also on said invitation. So I feel like I should go to the wedding. My husband thinks that I shouldn't because of the kind of disrespect that my mother has shown us. And he's saying things like, you need to do something about your mother's lack of respect for our marriage or I will. And I really don't know what to do. My honest reaction sounds like you might have eloped with someone who's just as melodramatic and conflict seeking uh, as the mother who raised you. Somebody has to be the grown up here and deescalate. Somebody has to say, I'm going to not be the crazy one in the room. And it sounds like both your mother and your husband are committed to being the crazy one in the room. Now, clearly your mother started it with this, fit she's thrown about not being invited to an elopement. The whole idea of an elopement is there isn't a wedding ceremony to invite anybody to because you're running away to get married. And most people who run away to get married run away to get married because their relatives are crazy and unpleasant and they don't want to have to deal with them. So your mother has demonstrated that you absolutely made the right choice. The Christmas thing, it just sounds like your mother is determined to treat your marriage as some sort of attack on her. And so the fact that you had to work over Christmas, it wasn't that you had to work over Christmas. It's that you and your husband are conspiring to stay the fuck away from her. And why would you want to stay the fuck away from someone so sane and pleasant and charming as your mom? And now the invitation to your mom's wedding, excluding your husband. Well, that's just not done, right? You don't invite half of a married couple to your wedding. You invite both or you invite neither. If you have siblings, if you have guts yourself, you call your mother and say, I would like to come. I can't come without my husband. Grow up. Grow up. Let's all bury the hatchet. You two husband, you bury the hatchet. Mom, bury the hatchet. None of us are going to be able to have a relationship. Mom, you're not going to have a relationship with me that you say you want, that you're so angry about not having not coming to the wedding, not coming to Christmas. Now you're so furious, but you're doing everything you can to make sure that 
you're never going to have a relationship with me because you're forcing me to pick between you and my husband. Well, I've already picked my husband, right? When you get married, this is the person that you are committing to for life. And I have picked him. And so you can't have me without him love and accept us both and invite us both to your wedding and stop being such a drama queen. If she can't stop being such a drama queen, then maybe you don't go to the wedding and you nuke your relationship with your mother. Maybe you need to nuke your relationship with your mother. Maybe you need to walk right up to that brink and she sees that she can't drive a wedge between you and your husband by playing these sorts of games. So she stops playing this game and you're going to have to walk right up to the brink, maybe even over it to communicate to your mother that this is the man you're with and you come as a package deal. Now you two together and she has to accept that. So I guess I'm on your husband's side. Don't go, don't go to the wedding unless you're both invited. Not that if I were him, I would want to go to that wedding. Hi, Dan. I'm a, 40-ish guy, straight, living in the South. I have a question about relationship, actually the ending of a relationship, the closing out of a relationship. I had a long-term, long-distance relationship with a woman who was separated, not divorced, from the father of her adult child. It was a long, complicated relationship. It was very fulfilling, um, and it was one that I thought was going to last for the rest of my life. Things got complicated. uh, Things got strained. She went through a very difficult, stressful period. She needed a break. She needed to be kind of given her some space. Ultimately, that ended up in the relationship ending. And it wasn't really even like a definitive ending. It kind of took a long, slow fade out to the point where after she said she wanted to break up and we said we'd remain friends, she stopped responding to texts, phone messages, emails, whatever. I've accepted the fact that the relationship is over. Um, I've got boxes, a couple boxes of stuff, you know, sex toys, things that she kept here at my house, a gift that I planned to give her when I was going to propose to her. Anyway, I've moved on. Uh, It's been six, nine months since then. I've dated around. Uh, I've met someone who's great. I'm completely in love with. I'm ready and, and looking forward to moving on with this new relationship. And it's fantastic. The question I have is about this moving on, this closure. Do I send her this box, these boxes of stuff? Is it just, is it just going to hurt her, the ex, more to get that stuff in the mail from me? Uh, I have written her a letter telling her that I still care for her, that I still would like to have her in my life in some capacity, but no response to the letter. So my question for you is, do I just throw away the stuff? Do I keep it? Do I send it to her? I'm not sure what to do. Um, I would like to have a point of closure, though. When you say you want a point of closure, I worry that what you're hoping for is to leverage this box of shit, whatever it is that you have, for some FaceTime where you guys can have a conversation that maybe she doesn't want to have and she actually technically doesn't have to have with you. Closure is not a gift we're given. It's not a gold watch you get when you retire from a relationship. Closure isn't something the other person owes you. Closure is something that you do for yourself. You close it. So you close this thing and you will have all the closure that you need. You put a lid on it. You shut the lid. You fucking close it. Send her a note. What do you want me to do with this box? I'm going to leave it on the porch. It's here at this place where you can pick it up. If you don't have a porch where you can leave it, 
find a place where you can leave it, where she can retrieve it without having to interact with anyone and leave it there. I've left it at the front desk of my office. The receptionist has it. Just come and give your name. They'll give it to you. Whatever it is, just put it in a place where she can easily get it and tell her she has a month. And if it's still there at the end of a month, you're going to give it to Goodwill, whatever it is. If it's a box of mementos and valuables and things that you could reasonably assume she cares about and might like to have back, that is the courteous closure-obtaining way to return it to her, right? Because you don't want to be the bad guy who threw away her mother's wedding photo album or whatever it is that's in the box. If it's a box of cleaning supplies and half-used rolls of paper towels and a couple of pairs of stained yoga pants, things that no rational human being probably ever wants to see again, then you holding on to this box and hoping to get some closure from whatever handoff ritual you imagine you're entitled to is just a little crazy. So depending on what's in there, if it's just that, like cleaning supplies and some dirty pants, throw it away. If it's decent things, give her that option of picking it up someplace, but put it in a place where she doesn't necessarily have to see you. Maybe you'll get a thank you note that then you can look at and say, ah, closure, but probably not. She'll probably just come grab it sometime when she doesn't have to see you. Hi, Dan. I'm 23, living in the Bay Area, and so I've been hooking up with this guy. I'm actually in his house right now. He just left, um, and I just have a couple of questions about how to kind of navigate like the really good sex that we're having. Um, he's 30. He's a little bit older than me, um, and I'm super GGG, really like willing to do whatever, maybe not whatever, but I'm willing to do most things. And so like while we're fucking, he's really into me talking about, you know, him sucking another guy's dick or like kind of wants a finger in the ass. And, you know, like I'm super fine if he's like a little bit bi, heterosexual, whatever. And we were talking last night and he mentioned that he has taken it in the ass once, sucked maybe like three or four dicks. So I'm probably assuming he sucked like five to ten dicks and gotten fucked in the ass like, you know, more than once, which is, once again, totally fine with me. But how do I kind of understand if he's actually into women or just like kind of waiting to be into men because I actually really like him and I do want to be able to like give him the things he needs sexually because he gives me what I need sexually. And I kind of just don't know how to tell if he's gay or not. And like, I just, I don't know, like maybe I'm just having the best sex of my life with a gay guy. Are you, are you still dating this cocksucker? Um, kind of like, so the deal with that is like, he is a little bit older than me. I'm 23. He's like 29. And like, he was at like very different points in our lives. So we're just like consistently fucking pretty much. That's awesome. Uh, this is the, I'm, yeah. I'm calling you cause I had a follow up question. I think it really cuts to the heart of the matter here. And I'm surprised you didn't mention it. If it, cause, cause this is really, I, I think important and it will shed a lot of light on this situation. Does this guy eat your pussy? Hundred percent. He's not a faggot. He is not. He's not fucking your pussy, eating your pussy, wishing it was a dick, and fucking you and pretending you're a guy. He's obviously oh, bi God. or into some sort of forced bi scenario that turns him on, and that's awesome. That's, that's wonderful. Cool. And if you're into the idea of this guy sucking a dick in front of you, Yahtzee, you guys win. Match. Yeah, set, I mean, game. it doesn't. It doesn't turn me off at all. It's just like. 
I don't know, like sometimes like when it's like really like going and it's just really fucking going, it's just like, you know, tell me all of these things, you know, like talk about incorporating guys. Like I just have no idea what to say. You know what I mean? Like I've tried to watch like a little bit of gay porn, like maybe like figure out like good things to say there, but I just come up blank and it just, it makes it awkward sometimes. Well, then you turn that back on him and you say, tell me the dirty cocksucking things you've done. I want to hear about that. Make, make him say it because you'll have a better idea of what it is he wants and what it is that turns him on. If he's unspooling it, he's kind of asking you to, you know, uh, shoot into the dark and try to hit the bullseye of whatever his fantasy scenario is around uh, this kind of by play, right? For him, and, and that's yeah, not yeah. fair. That's not fair to expect you to to, to hit that bullseye in a, in a completely dark room. He needs to shed some light on what exactly it is about these scenarios that turn him on. What's he done? What does he want to do? And that yeah. can be clinical, like just like unpack your fantasies for me. You can do it via email. But if he wants to dirty talk it and incorporate it into the sex that you're having, that would be great. And yeah. it would be yeah. very helpful because then you'll have a better idea of when he wants you to spin out some dirty talk while you guys are fucking of what it is that he wants to hear. And then you can expand upon it and fold in some of the things that you would like to maybe see or do if you were to have a three-way with another guy. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm into it. Like, I just don't know, like, how I'm going to react to it. But, like, to be honest, I'm kind of turned on. So, like, I can't, like, I won't knock it till I try it kind of a thing. I'm, I'm so into it. Right. But I have another question for you. Like, super, super, like, I'm not really good with, like, the butt play. And, like, he wants me to incorporate it. Like, and I have acrylic nails. So, it's like, is that going to hurt him? Like, I don't you, really you have know a, how to, Wait, like, you have a what? Fake nails, you know, like acrylics. Oh, oh, yeah. You're not going to want to yeah. put a uh, claw up his ass. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying, right? I, I think the butt toy that you want, and you said, I believe that you're in the Bay Area, so I, I think they're in vending machines on street corners. Just go get a butt plug, <laughs> where, which is something you can just oh pop into his ass. And is there a submissive streak to this whole like him sucking dick thing that, that that's part of it, that he wants to be made to um, or ordered to? I... I think he likes that a little bit. Like, we haven't really unpacked any of this at all kind of thing. It's just me, like, totally shooting into the dark, saying, like, a line or two and, like, hoping, like, that works out. And sometimes he runs with it and sometimes he doesn't, you know? This is a minefield you guys are stomping around in and you don't have a map. I know. And you need to, you need to yeah. draw that map. It doesn't mean you have to be clinical and cold about everything. It doesn't mean you have to script out every moment, every impulse, every dirty scenario you're going to throw out. But you need to know, you know roughly where the landmines are. And if he's not into this being Dom Subby at all or humiliation isn't a part of it, then you suddenly busting that out could make him feel judged, shamed, traumatized – Whatever. Totally. And so you need to like find out if that's part of it for him because if not, you're not going to go there. But if it is, you could go there. And so you need to have a convo about it. Right yeah, now, it sounds like definitely. you need to keep fucking on it. Like they say, we're praying on it. You can keep <laughs> fucking on it, but you should stop doing the talking and he should start. And dirty talk can definitely. be you, you say everything I want to hear. But dirty talk can also be ask me questions and I'll answer them. Yeah, I do like, you know, like I've taken your advice in the past, you know, like uh, tell me what you want to do to me, like what I am going to do to you, you know, like the basics kind of there, but just like shooting into like the guy on guy realm with like the incorporation of a is a little bit hard for me. So well, then, definitely well, going to... Dirty talk for beginners to, you know, you say what you're going to do, you say what you're doing, you say what you did. I'm going to fuck you. I am fucking you. I just fucked you, right? This kind of yeah. dirty talk is tell me what you did while I'm doing mm -hmm. this to you. 
and then I'll tell you what I'm going to do to you in the future. Right? Tell me about the dicks you've sucked while I fuck you or while I suck your cock. And then I'm going to dirty talk back at you by telling you that we're going to do X, Y, or Z in the future, maybe build a little bit on the scenario that he laid out for you. Add a couple of details of your own that might turn you on. So it's a little bit of a variation on tell me what you're going to do, tell me what you're doing, tell me what you did. It's you tell me what you did, I'll tell you what I'm doing, and then I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I like that. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Dan. Like, thank you so much for calling me because I've been thinking about this for the past week and a half because I'm supposed to see him a little bit later tonight, too. I casually left my watch at his house. I'm like, oh, shit, I have to come pick it up, whatever. I don't, I don't even know what I was going to do. Well, swing, but I've been s- contemplating on this for a Swing while. by Good Vibrations and buy him a little vibrating butt plug and present it to him and tell him you want to see it in him. But he's going to put it in it. Say, here, go put this yeah. in and then come back with your, with your ass full. With your ass full of a vibrating cell down. And then you're going to eat my pussy while I tell you about the dick I'm finding for you to suck. Or whatever. Good luck. Thank you. Bye, Dan. But one more time. He's not a fag. He's eating your pussy. He's fucking your pussy. He's into you. He's also into dick. That is not faggot. Into pussy. Eats pussy. Likes women. Likes men. That's bye. Okay. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Good luck. Hi, Dan. I'm a 32-year-old bisexual polyamorous man living on the East Coast. And uh, I'm in a lot of pain right now. I was with a girl for about seven months. And uh, it was both for our first time in a poly relationship. She had another partner she was with almost as long as she was with me. And pretty early on, we both rejected the notion of primary or secondary hierarchy. And that was my idea. I didn't like the idea that my relationship with her was somehow more special or more important. So now my partner decided that she wanted to make her girlfriend primary and have me take a step back. I didn't think that I was willing to do that. And she didn't have a, an offer of what that could look like. And uh, so for now, I ended things not feeling like I could I could take that step back to a place of lesser importance. I can't pretend that, I, that I'm as firm on that as I am, am telling her. I guess what I want to know is how how does one make that transition in a way that's healthy? And not just accepting what's offered to hold on. I don't know. Sometimes I just don't know. Don't know the answer. I don't know how you accept being downgraded to secondary from equal to, you know, being in a relationship with someone who's in a relationship with someone else and it having having it on the table from the outset that there will be no primaries and then that person changing their mind and deciding that there will be a primary and that person who's going to be the primary is not you. I don't know how you experience that as anything but a painful, not quite a rejection because she didn't quite reject you, but a painful downgrade, right? You got bumped from first class to coach and that sucks. Seems to me that you guys weren't on the same page uh, about Polly. Uh, Not, I think, maliciously on her part. Maybe she was still figuring it out. Maybe Polly is new to her, new to you guys. 
Maybe she thought that she would just want to love everyone equally and there wouldn't be anybody in her life that she valued more than anyone else in her life. And now she knows better. And so people got hurt. You got hurt. That's what happens in relationships. It's crazy. I, I want to say you got dumped and being dumped is painful and being dumped always sucks. But in, the, in this way, you kind of didn't get dumped. You were offered less than you believed you had and were entitled to and it agreed to and you have this choice now about whether you're going to accept that lesser offer, that smaller package, second place. And that's very painful. You know, that's going to hurt. That's going to smart. It doesn't sound like the relationship can continue. It doesn't sound like it will be happy for you to be in this place with her where you are. You come after her girlfriend. So I would encourage you to walk away. If what you want is primacy yourself or equality, when there are multiple partners, agreeing to stay in this scenario, in this new circumstance is just going to be endlessly painful for you. It's going to make you feel as if you betrayed yourself or negated yourself in some way and as if you are participating in your degradation. Not that it's degrading to be somebody's secondary, but – you will experience it as a degradation, as a downgrade, as first class to coach. It's not what you wanted. It's not what you agreed to. It's not what she said that she wanted or she agreed to. But now she knows that it is what she wants, that hierarchy that you reject. It's not the only woman on earth, not the only poly woman on earth. So your option isn't her in this lesser role or the void. Your option is her or someone else. And I would encourage you to go find that someone else or someone else's. Hi, Dan. I'm calling in response to the woman who wanted to know if she had to disclose the fact that she had dabbled in sex work for a brief period of time to her current partner. And um, I really thought your answer was right on, but it definitely seemed to me that she wanted to tell him and that it was part of her story and that it was just like sort of a little anecdotal thing that she could share and maybe her partner accepting that would feel really good to her. So I would say encourage her to share if she feels like it's something she wants to share and not feel obligated to, to do that. Hi, Dan. Uh, this is a chick who called the other day about the whole not knowing how to give a hand job situation. And so I wanted to let you know that I followed your advice. Um, I had him jerk himself off in front of me. I had him communicate with me and tell me what to do. And then I had him just straight up fuck my hand. And it was all, it was very successful. We had baller sex. It was a great time. So thank you very much for uh, allowing me to become the mayor of Handjob Town. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the Savage Lovecast. If you want to record a question or a comment for a future show, give us a buzz. 206 201 2720 Follow me on Twitter at FakeDanSavage. Chardonnay Bava tweets, The saddest thing in the world is when people start crying on the phone calls to the Savage Lovecast. I agree, and Nancy Hartunian agrees. It is sad, but we are here to help, and we're trying to make those sad people feel not quite so sad. Big thanks to Andreas Baranowski for coming on the show to talk about his research. Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian and me and the tech savvy at risk youth and Nancy, who's not sad right now, but might be later after she listens to a bunch of your calls. We will all be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for having me.